This is Morgan Hazelwood, back again with more writing tips and writerly musings. Today, I'm here talking about accessible magic, part two of my ConZealand Worldcon panel write-ups. The panelists for the titular panel were Petraea Mitchell as moderator, Andy C. Buchanan, and Tayo Fuji. The description for the panel was as follows. How does a person with a speech impediment handle magical incantations? Dyslexic sorcery? Scrambling runes hazard? Is the autism spectrum an advantage if spellcasting requires visualizing complex shapes? Let's, let's mash mastery of magic and differently abled people together and see what we get. So in a lot of science fiction and fantasy, they wave their hands and make magic or tech the quote, solution to all quote, disabilities. Let's explore ways to use magic for accessibility and ways differently abled people could be better integrated into all stories. First off, some pet peeves, things that are usually ignored. Clearly, this list is notional and not meant to be exhaustive. There are tons of ways accessibility could be impacted by magic or science. Potion allergies. I have tons of friends with allergies and you never see this pop up. Okay, rarely. Uh, what about an inability to focus? People with ADHD. Does this make magic something out of their reach or so hard that they need three days to recover from focusing that intensely for that brief period of time. For more, quote, intuitive magic, what about the people who struggle with things that others in this world claim are intuitive? Like people with autism, are they going to struggle there? Uh, so just things to think about when creating your world and deciding what type of magic and who excels and who doesn't. Now, the other thing we need to talk about are the bad tropes. There are tons of ways that people get disability in stories wrong. There are tons that are overdone and trite and minimize the very real impact and communities that form over a shared bond. Uh, so here are a few of the bad tropes that we wanted to call out. Again, not an exhaustive list. One, magic compensating for the disability by effectively erasing it. Let's think about Daredevil, the blind superhero with the superpower of sight. Now, as a note, there is a different healthier vibe if the character purposely sacrifices an ability in order to get another ability, like Odin sacrificing his eye. Of course, this assumes that the sacrifice doesn't malign people who naturally have that disability. It respects it, shows it as a challenge, but doesn't talk about it like it's the worst thing ever and so horrible etc. You really need to pay attention to the nuance. Another thing that doesn't happen often enough when curing people is the lack of medical consent. 
They fix everything the way they believe your body and mind, quote, should work, without telling you about any risks or giving you options. What if you didn't want it fixed? What if they fix it and it's wrong? Like, they replaced your arm, but it never really feels like, it feels like you're controlling it, but it's not yours. And that sort of thing could be really fun to explore. Uh, another thing is having unhealthy workarounds for a disability. Very, very toxic trope that pops up a lot. Um, another trope that pops up a lot, the person who sacrificed themselves for the group was dying anyway. I don't know where this falls on the spectrum, but it feels like it's pushing euthanasia. Is that what you're intending to do? You really should think about why you're doing it this way and explore other options. <clears throat> and of course, the disability is instantly fixed by magic. You can mitigate the badness of this trope by showing the learning stage, the strength building, etc. In the real world, there are some people who have been given some levels of hearing restored or eyesight, and after a certain age, the brain has to be taught how to process and may never process it fully like someone who was born with that ability. And so there is a learning stage, there is a process, and things may not be the same for everyone. So you need to take that into account. Uh, one thing to remember is that when things are designed to be more accessible, they're often more accessible for everyone, not just the group that the design was intended to help. For example, curb cuts where the sidewalk smooths, smoothly thins down to the road surface. It makes it easier for strollers and bikes, even if they're not supposed to be on half the sidewalks, uh, not just for wheelchair users. So now that we've talked about things to avoid and overdone tropes, let's talk about some suggestions about where you can go with accessibility and uh, integrating um, different abilities into your stories. So one suggestion was using magic or science as an adaptive technique rather than a cure-all, floating for the paralyzed person instead of fixing the legs, etc. Um, one thing you could explore in your story is having something that isn't fully a disability in this world be one in the story, like tone-deaf people in a world where magic is musical or colorblind people where what color someone is wearing is very crucial to how to interact with them. Uh, what about being a morning person in a world that operates at night? You're gonna be sluggish during the night when everybody else is up and about, and you're gonna be flittering around in the bright daylight. Another idea to explore is having the ability be offset by, um, repercussions. In My Hero Academia, one of the characters is stronger than his bones can withstand, so he has to modify his fighting style. Um, 
Another thing you could explore is having the accessibility tools give more powers. We have some of this in the real world, where people who have lost legs can have specialized legs for dancing or climbing or running and that sort of thing. But think about adaptive arms or an exoskeleton that makes magic possible that wasn't before because of more digits or arms or what have you. I don't know how your magic works. Um, and for people who are less visually, um, less visual imagination or more math based, what about more math like magic uh, where it's closer to more akin to working a computer with if this then that sort of branches in the spell. That's one thing to explore because so much magic is visualize it in your head and I've talked before about how my imagination isn't actually the most visual. It's more conceptual but that's a totally different post. So Remember that adding people with different levels of different types of abilities and making things accessible to more people is both a great way to populate your fictional world to look more like the real world and to show ways that we could do better. So you're thinking about making your world more inclusive. How do you do that? Well, the best way to learn about how differently abled people interact with the world is to read stories that are populated by them. It's also a great idea to read stories by writers with disabilities, even if that's not the focus, because getting to know other perspectives is going to improve your world building, your characterizations, and plus it's going to broaden your own horizons. So here were some uh, suggested stories, novels by the panelists. Away with the Wolves by Sarah Gailey, uh, printed in Uncanny Magazine. The Outside is a story, novel by Ada Hoffman. Uh, Uncanny Valley Magazine, whoop, sorry, Uncanny Magazine had an entire edition called Disabled People Destroy Fantasy. H.G. Wells' short story, The Country of the Blind. R.M. Lumberg's story in Beneath Ceaseless Skies called Geometries of Belonging. Mooncakes by Suzanne Walker and Wendy Zoo, And First Dates by Elizabeth Kestrel Rogers, found in Translunar Traveler's Lounge. Translunar Traveler's Lounge and Beneath Ceaseless Skies can be found online. So check those out. And that's all for today. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, hit that subscribe button and share it with all your friends. It goes a long way towards helping people find me. And I'll be back again next Monday with more writing tips and writerly musings. Bye-bye.